Hello everyone. Welcome to this edition of Clarity Chat. I have with me V Subramanyam, fondly called Subu, who leads transformation and digital for OTS India. He is based in Prague, Czech Republic. In today's session we are going to cover the art of enabling IT, managing multicultural leadership in global organizations and the importance of mentors and communications. His philosophy is that every culture is a river and you just flow with it. This is the 12th episode of Clarity Chat podcast and here comes an exciting discussion with V Subramanyam Subu. Welcome Subu. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only 3 decades old but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success. to help you decode the complexity to help you leverage partners effectively to help you partner with business more effectively to help you manage change better to help you attract talent you get this clarity via experiences of cios and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea welcome to the clarity chat podcast please share some of your growth stories with, with with us tell us what were some of the inflection points which really prepared you for next part of the day yeah so once again uh, uh, good afternoon everyone so uh, regarding in terms of the growth so the one of the key aspects of uh, if i look at your video uh, you talk about art of managing it so i will redefine it as well art of enabling it okay that's uh, that's a phenomenon because how do you enable it so let me uh, start because i started my career with uh, an it company but i shifted my gear to a corporate it so that's tenfos was my second job the first was bidotol so in tenfos so we were doing a major transformation in the factory by putting up the manufacturing system so as we are aware adagrish that in any shop floor are uh, the, there are two kinds of users the one users in the shop floor are mostly unionized people and the one is the staff people or the executives So now when we talk about working or enabling IT in the shop floor and that to on a manufacturing system putting up jet that is just in time so then we need to have that inclusiveness or the involvement or the participation by the shop floor people because it's they they are the people who will enter the transaction because when we talk about jet is the material comes to the gate and the guy will enter the quality checks then he will enter the chalan so all this information goes into the value chain So that's where then building that relationship is important and most important getting that buy in involvement and then support and that's where then what we did is one of the good experience we had is when we want to do the training or the change management and that's where then uh, so as you are aware the union guys would not like to come to your staff or the conference room for training and that's where then we have to have this training in the unionized in the union canteen or in the in a place where they are very convenient and comfortable and second language because you can uh, they can't understand english so then you need to translate that complex technical 
official language. I'm talking about uh, it's more than 25 years, uh, maybe 30 years. So when you talk about that, so it's important how do you translate and simplify the terms and the processes which can which is understood by them, and then they use the system. And believe me, we never had any tunda. There was no issues. Okay. So I one of the key learning is is relationship, and people are people. It's it's very important. You can't put tech, uh, there is a nice saying called technology can be put in place, but it's the people who make it happen. So ultimately, whatever technology we can put, but if the people are not aligned, if the people are not able to use the system or adapt to the system, and there is no point in creating any success on technology. So this was one of the key learning is how do you build effective relation? How do you connect with people? So that was my very great experience of connecting with people in the shop floor. And then finally, after when we deployed the system, the most important, the credit, what you call the success, when you see people using those systems, and that's what you feel happiness. Okay. So that oh, is absolutely. that is on the Danforth. Now let me shift the gear to uh, another learning experience in Mariko. That was a wonderful, unique experience. So we had around about three factories, uh, one in Kandikot, then one in Goa and one in Shivri, then of course there was a factory in uh, uh, Jalgaon. So now uh, we were putting up the connectivity, okay? So you know monsoons are very fearsome in Goa and as well as in Kerala. You you just, you can't imagine, you can't predict anything. When it will rain, when it will stop rain, how long it will not rain. So we had this, uh, you know, the big dish of 3.2 meters, the big dish. So we are putting up the satellite, what you call the network, the dish network. Then, the days of the resets. Yeah, the resets. That's good. So then we had the partners, the team uh, was was there with me in uh, uh, Kanjikot, that is in Kerala. And uh, it was raining mad. I'm telling it was like raining heavily. And then how to install the elevator, how to install the visa. That's more important. And second, every factory has their union. So that's again a challenge. So the second time I'm facing another strong union, which is two unions. Okay. The one union which manages half of the factory, and the second union manages the second part of the factory. And my visa is to be installed in the second part, which is like the edge of the first union, the border. Okay. So then, but I need to get the visa from the gate to this place. So the first union was telling, no, no, you, uh, you have to take our people to carry the visa to this place. So I told you, you cannot carry it. It's a very sensitive dish. It can break. So the lorry has to come. No, we will not allow. And that's where then again, the relationship comes in. So because uh, uh, having known the local language there a little bit and along with the local team, my IT team and the people. So they helped me a lot. And see, it's, it's all about breaking that ice or the breaking the barrier. So then that's why we need to walk that extra mile. So I can say, oh, I'm, I'm a director, I'm a manager. I can sit in my cabin. I want them to come to my place to talk. No, I walked to those people. We talked to those people. We sat with them and told, what is the use of this by putting this it's not about we are watching movies okay so it's all about putting some systems because automating that entire process starting from the receipt of the raw material to creating the final product because that's the value chain we are automating and that's where then we were able to convince believe me we got a good support and finally we were able to implement the VSAT of course the rains are rain so then we have to manage the rain whenever the rain stops then you rush put up the VSAT but Finally, we were able to get the network up and running without any delays and there were no cost overruns. So that's the beauty. Again, the learning is 
relationship, connecting people, and second, giving the respect what is required for them. It's important. It's a mutual respect. And finally, we need to have a common goal. See, I'm not doing the PSAT for me or in the earlier company. I was not implementing a system for me. It's the, for the company. It's for the benefit of the people. So that's where then you create a company. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, Subo, I think, I, think, I think you touched upon something, you know, which is very, very, I would say, central to you. Yeah. Which is respect for, and I've seen this everywhere even you know as we were planning this particular event you know i have seen i think the way you have responded the way you have connected the way you have contributed in terms of you know hey let let's bring this up let's bring that up and i I think i think it it really talks a lot about you in terms of your respect for others and respecting what they are so i think that would have gone i'm sure that would have contributed a lot in terms of you know your own growth itself but i want to touch upon some else here with you i mean who have been your mentors you have told you those life lessons okay so uh, it's it's uh, so when I that's that's where uh, so there are every I I was uh, very fortunate and blessed with to work with some of the it's a great leaders and also with great people because sometimes your people can also become your mentor okay and they can also give you they can also guide you so most important let me come back to the first step so I had privilege and opportunity to work and groom by great leaders so the one of the leader was my first CEO when I was working with uh, Dan Post and he was very means he the art of leadership in a any management because it, it was I learned that part on the very first beginning is like what do you call how, how do you manage people how do you even when you're coming for the meeting okay the management meeting or anything how you come prepared okay and so that you don't waste everybody's time so these are the things which we learned and second there is a process okay it's not a one-day journey so there was a continual process of grooming then the next company then of course then Otis I was uh, privileged to work with some of the excellent leaders in this company i just love this company and it's excellent so we had an opportunity to learn many things from many people in terms of the global leadership in terms of uh, connecting the people in terms of multicultural environment in terms of uh, diversity and second how do you handle complexities okay and second as then the and the more another important aspect is how do you come out with a holistic view of the business it's more see technology is one piece but if i don't understand the business if I don't understand the industry and that is so, what so, you so the, that is so, 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 so the question the last one in terms of the mentors no 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 okay. hold on hold on hold on Subo. so the point is that who taught you all this that's what people are interested well I can't name one person uh, so that's a chat because it will give in just yeah so there are many uh, the, the CEOs whom I reported in all these companies okay they are my boss they are my presidents and they are my leaders which includes the CEOs the CFOs and the HR the various uh, leaders so they when you talk, when you work with them then you you learn something from them and of course when you're reporting to uh, your presidents or to your ceos or md and of course they take interest and also i take that interest so there is something called when you have that inclination and intention to become a leader then what happens you will take the first step to learn what you want to become a leader and then you continuously in uh, what you call implement all those learnings and so that you grow it's simple one i'll just take you like how do you uh, how do you speak in a forum like when when there are all mds and presidents sitting there then how do you present okay you have a slot of 10 minutes or 15 minutes and how do you tell that story to all your uh, 
peers and all to the leadership team that okay this is what you did this was the plan and this was the success you created and this is what went wrong and what are the actions you took to turn around and then how do you plan it to take it forward so these are the things you learn it as a part of the leadership team and of course uh, then uh, being part of the CIO fraternity so I had an opportunity to work with uh, Vijay and many people and that's where then you also learn from them so they are also part of your mentors. Uh, it, it's important to identify a, a leader. It, it's important to identify a mentor. It's important to identify a coach because it, in your journey, because in your professional journey, this will shape the entire career. So it's important to identify what you want to be mentored and what you want to become as a leader. Then leadership is a journey because it's it's not a it's not a destination that what you call we can achieve it in the uh, in a span of time. So it's. I, the, when you identify this mentor and then it's important to identify what is your improvement, what's your goal and what's your short term goal, what's your long term goal. And that's where then when you collaborate and work with the mentor, mentors and also with the coach, then you will be, it will help you to shape up your personal personality and you create your own persona. So these are the things which I learned over the years and still in my role currently, even now I do have my coach and I do have my mentor and continually that's where we continually improve upon our limitations and then how do I maximize my strength? So everybody talks about that we need to identify strengths and weakness and everybody talks that we need to focus on weakness so that this weakness becomes a strength. But I would like to put it in a reverse way. If you have a strength, then how do you maximize your strength to overcome your limitations? Because there is no point in putting too much of energy to convert your weakness into strength. But what's more important, the max, the more you maximize your strength, then automatically your weakness becomes smaller and smaller. And that way, then you overcome your limitations and then your strength will play for your winning combination. And these are the personas we need to create uh, in the corporate world. And some of the examples uh, I would like to talk about is, so the, the moment uh, after I left, America, then I joined Otis in around about 2000. And that was a very interesting journey for me because uh, Otis is around about 21 years. I've been spent in this great company. I've been working across geographies. So I started with India, with a, which is again a complex network, complex location across uh, having around about 85 locations with a factory in Bangalore. And then I started because I became the CIO for Middle East. Again, a, another complex entity with around about multiple geographies, multiple culture, culture, diversity. And then uh, later on, I became the CIO for APAC uh, region, which is again around about 15 countries, complex, again, complex lands, landscape, multicultural, diversified environment. And finally, around about 2000, 2015 to 2016, I moved to Europe, uh, which is around about 43 plus countries. So diversity, multicultural, complex environment. So that's the beauty and art when you work for a global organization. So you get an opportunity to work across culture, across diversity, complex landscape, uh, complex business scenarios, the various business models. And what are the key learnings? Number one, it's important to understand the industry. So that's where I spent a lot of time in my career, starting from the day one to know what is quoted. How do we make elevators? What challenges we face in the survey? Okay, why safety is the paramount for Otis? And how integrity plays a very important role in Otis? So these are the things, it's, it's create a strong foundation because it's important to create a foundation. Knowing your company creates a strong foundation. 
foundation. So that's the fundamental thing everybody should invest to know what the company you're working, what challenges you're facing, and what are the, what is the industry is all about, and then define that will define and help you in defining your career, in defining what technologies you want to put in place. That is for you. Okay, so uh, I think I think I think some good questions already started coming, yeah. and I think this will connect to you know one of the questions that I had for you as to you know how has been the transition from you know, an India-specific you know CIO to a more uh, bigger and bigger global leader. And I think there is a question from Meheriar here which says you know provide your experience working with Otis in India and then in Prague how international organizations seeking seeing Indian minds yeah. for their company success. Super. And I would like to just add a I would just like to add a small thing here which is Subhu uh, as you move into a bigger global role there are some things which remain the same and there are some things which have to change. What are those? Yeah, so uh, I think it's a very wonderful question by Mahiria, uh, my another great friend. Okay, so uh, so let us talk about uh, when we talk about moving beyond borders. Okay, so when you are in a border, that is with, when you are within a country, then the landscape is different and the culture is different and the experience is different. So now that will that is a foundation, that's a base because it's the same company. Okay, so it's the, so you you know what the company is, what the industry is, and you know what product we sell, what uh, what is the market and most important when you move beyond the borders the first and foremost comes is culture because you will we will meet people with different culture different diversity and different complex landscape so let me start with culture okay what is culture culture is again made of people okay it's so in, in when we talk about culture it's important to understand that culture so like example when i was working in middle east it's important to understand that culture same in europe 43 countries 43 43 different culture asia pacific 12 countries 12 different cultures so it's important to understand that culture be aware of the culture and recognize and appreciate that culture so i it's it's not a good way to compare two cultures a culture is a culture it has a history it has a tradition and it, it is it is having some enriching or reaching experience and that's what we need to learn that okay so when we learn the first step of culture then comes adaptability okay? so how do you adapt to those situations how do you how do we adapt to the scenario so like example middle east you have a time you have a timing factor for everything because we don't work on fridays so then so there is a shift and even during the weekdays there are what you call there are restrictions so how do you manage that and same thing uh europe time zones are different so how do you work, manage that and apac australasia australia time zone is totally different when compared to india so then how do we manage to work in the different time zones with different people and the third is the assumption because we all assume that everything is fine i do i i implement a project in one country and there is something called control c okay and then i can go and put a control paste there and it will work wow it's, it doesn't it doesn't work okay every country is unique every country as the landscape is different and every everybody has certain uniqueness despite we all work for one company but still there are some standard process but there are certain uniqueness so what's important as leaders is how do you identify that uniqueness or the specific requirement for that particular country so this is very important so this is where is the learning so one is the culture and second is the adaptability third is the landscape the landscape can be industry because i can say oh man uh, we, we sell elevators in india like this so i go with this assumption then i go to middle east no oh man uh, we have the pricing model is totally different and i come back to europe the pricing model is different oh then that's where is learning the learning experience so if if i block my if 
I block myself and say, no, I go with a pre-assumption mindset and say, oh, this is how, then you stop your learning. So this is a great learning opportunity to understand the industry landscape, the complex business landscape. And third is the business model. The business model, despite we all work for a company, but still every country has their own business model. And the last one, which is important is the people. Again, I come back to the people. Okay. How do we connect with the people? That's the most important. And as IT leaders, we, we are the one who connect with people using technology. You got it. We, our network, every PC, every laptop, iPhone device is connected by, with, with, with the people for information flow. But are we really connecting with people as human beings? That's more important. So that's where I put a lot of effort in building that relationship. Because when you build relationship, your teaming becomes easy, your success, you will create the path for success for everyone who follows that path. That's more important. Because when you, when we know how to connect with people, when we understand the people, then we involve people in that project. Okay, let's so one experience, uh, Jagdish, I would like to give in Bahrain, when we were doing this uh, integration project, there was a unrest in Bahrain. Okay, all of us know what happened there. Okay, unrest, which started from Greece, then spread over there. And then, but we have a time bone because there is uh, there's this project, there is a cost. We need to get that integration done. Bahrain has to be integrated with Otis United Technology. We need to do that. So we have the global team there. We have my partners. Then the good part is the people in the, uh, the people, the team in Bahrain, including the MD, the CFO, they were able to support. You, you can't imagine because we were able to be we brought the PCs, we installed the PCs on our own because we didn't have so many engineers and we need to finish that project within three days because we know what's happening outside. We know how dangerous the environment is outside. And that's where I'm telling you, when you build relationship with people, people will walk that extra mile to support. That's that's the fundamental crux of any thing. Absolutely. So, uh, Subhu, when you when you're talking about you know the cultures, you know what are the things that we need to mind? I want to add one more thing there, which I have seen, which is judgment. Right. So yeah. we have to hold back our judgment because the mistake that we do is, you know, we from the place that we are standing, we start judging other people. We start, we, we, you know, we start making all kinds of you know those remarks, right? And which is basically nothing but a judgment so you know if we hold back our judgment and then we replace judgment with understanding i think i think that makes much more sense so learn. See, why, why why this judgment comes because of the ego barrier it's Absolutely. simple the moment see the when 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 we remove this ego no so e ego is nothing but enveloping what over it's a reverse so the moment you remove, remove ego, then there is no barrier. So there is no judgment. So what is there is Absolutely. there. It's the face value. Huh? Okay, that's it. So then, then you deal with people. Then you you don't deal, you don't deal with anybody. When you deal with people, you deal in the same level playing ground. No, absolutely. And I think you know, there's a. I would like to also connect it to a very very important leadership quality, which is humility. The lack yeah. of ego is humility. So you have to be humble enough to let's say you know understand what others are. You know, regardless of whether it's a small geography or a big geography you, know, you don't basically ride over anybody okay 
okay hey, I, uh, what do you call it? this is this is the way we need to do but it's all almost important to understand how do we engage people even in that communication so that you get that support and the last but not least in today's world is digital communication because uh, today for the last uh, so many years and pre precisely for the last two years everybody is sitting on this uh, computer laptop with flew to this uh, uh, the camera and screen and then that's where there is a concept called executive presence so I had an opportunity to attend this executive presence training and where we are we are what you call channelized or learned the art of what you call these uh, communication which includes your messages how, how do you speak then how do you communicate how do you collaborate and what words you choose and what is the messages you choose so these are the things when people start practicing then it becomes a flow because communication has to flow and it's a story see even your project update can be a story huh? it's it's not that what you call everything has to be structured what went well what went wrong if you can tell a story fine so ultimately absolutely. it's an art absolutely yeah. so um uh, so Subhu, i think i think you know this is something that i also hold uh central to me that the purpose of your communication is the audience okay. so you have to understand why somebody is listening to you okay? what is his expectation from you and then you have to adopt your communication that Hey, I am your podcast host, Jagdish Belwal. I had a rich career as CIO at Tata Motors and GE. Now, as an advisor, I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation, but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it. Leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. Preparing, prepare, prepare, preparing for that meeting is also important. Huh? It's, yeah. So when you know there is a management meeting, so you prepare very well and you should have that experience to know what questions will be asked. And so that you are totally prepared to know what should be the frame and what should be the response. And so that it becomes engaging communication during that. Absolutely. I think, I think that's a very important one, you know, whether you are presenting to a big forum or whether you are like getting to the, the, the prep or sometimes, you know, the good communicators, they always rehearse in a small group okay. and ask for feedback. You know? I mean, how's my body language looking? Should I be more relaxed and stuff like that? By the way, the other very important piece that you mentioned is about executive presence. Yeah. And I think that's a lot about the non-verbal communication, right? You know, are your shoulders stooping? That's not executive presence. Is your head up? Yep. You know, with the tone of your voice, you know, are you giving meaningful pauses and all of that? And I think it's a very important factor that you brought out that all of us need to learn this. What are the elements and what are those, you know, techniques to develop an executive presence, which is, and they say that almost 90% of your communication is actually non-verbal. Okay. So, it's so the power, power yeah. of your communication also comes out of like, you know, how you, how you say what you say. Right? Okay. So let's, let's, let's move on to some questions. I mean, I don't want to park them for the end. I have one question here from Praveen, which is why not coming. Okay, here it is. It says, Subo, it's great hearing your thoughts and experiences. Very insightful. Would be great to hear what are your topmost priorities for Otis in the next three years. Okay, so the the uh, the top one of the uh, the top three priorities is again is on what you call uh, how do we how do we accelerate the transformation initiatives what we are doing. Okay, uh, so that's uh, that's point number one. Okay, the various transformation which is digital transformation and everything. So how do we accelerate and get this moving beyond uh, across the so across the zone? That's uh, that's on the point number one. 
and point number two point number two and three which is more important is again how, how do we make sure that everyone is engaged and get involved into this part of the journey to create this transformation as a unique enriching experience for the company and finally then we create some value for the customer mm-hmm. we lost the yeah sorry <laughs> i just experimenting with like you know, how, how how does it look if super occupies the entire screen as he's uh, yeah it's good huh? <laughs> it's a grandeur okay. i was just experimenting Okay, so coming back, you know, another question is there from Haske, which is, uh, I hope I I pronounced it correctly. What do you think is a good approach using a standard app- enterprise application stack available or building our own customized application to suit business? See, again, uh, the, uh, this is again a strategy that every company takes. Okay, so based on your industry, based on your organization, and based on your complexities, the landscape, then that's uh, what you call we define strategy. Whether we want to go for a complete outsource model of hosting model of application, or sit and build that application within the company, or the third third, which is a combination of both, you do 50% outsource and the 50% in-house. So this is it's very difficult to define. a strategy strategy and give you a guidance but at a leadership level if you want to give if you want my opinion on a open thought today there are a lot of applications available on the hosted model so most important is how do you create that quick win because is your organization ready to spend that time effort energy to build that application within your company and then what you call scale up and you take we take around about one year two years to build that application but if something is available off the shelf with a little bit of customization and you create a quick win because today it's all about discipline of execution speed agility and rapid so that's more important so that is a decision today every organization is taking and um, that's that i would recommend that you need to little bit deep dive and see what is good for your organization and how fast you can deliver that's more important. i think yeah you are absolutely right you know it is about how fast you deliver business benefit now uh, the other thing also is that you know there is like a framework which you can check me now this is called a base layer framework in the base layer framework you know you have got a you know a sort of system of records you know a systems of differentiation systems of innovation or typically you know in a system of records and system of differentiation you would typically go with like you know standard products which get you you know off the mark faster and probably you know something which is systems of innovation where you want to be like absolutely unique to you i think those are the areas you would reserve for custom development i just want to add uh, one more thing is uh, if i one more thing is uh, see every organization has their own custom built application which has been just running for over the years so it's highly impossible to move everything to the cloud or whatever is it okay so it's it's important to define a transformation path a transformation journey and a transformation architecture like what is that you want to transform and what is that you want to retain for some time and what is the period of retaining the existing system and that's where then what happen you slowly start moving your organization towards your transformation journey and that way then what happen you one you keep up the pace and second you keep up what you call you you still focus on the rapid deployment of all these technologies so that you get a value added from all these emerging trends what is there in the market absolutely so it's always going to be a yin yang you know you yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. have to change some reserve something you change okay. okay that's great so we have one more question here from amrinder hey thanks amrinder for being a regular here being a very popular people centric leader how do you manage conflict hi amrinder how are you nice to nice to talk to you yeah conflict so now coming back on the conflict why do conflict come because there is it's all about alignment now again when we talk about alignment it's a nice 
next word but what is what is my alignment or your alignment so that the, again there is a conflict so one when you have a conflict or a non alignment it's important to be realistic and say oh, there is there is a difference of opinion between me and the other people uh, means the team or whatever said okay so that's when you recognize that and the second what is the reason and then you then that will help you to create a path or understanding to resolve that conflict because and that's where i say when you put your ego into the conflict then it's like adding fuel to the fire okay so the moment you remove that ego outside and then you focus on the core issues and say is it aligned to the common goal see you can't have 100% alignment for every project or every everything but when you define a common goal and a common purpose and then if you are able to align on the common objectives and the common activities and tasks and then what we do is we create a winning situation because we face conflict in projects we we face conflict with various uh, partners and everybody but what's more important is how do you how do we come together to solve and address this solution to create that common to create that common goal and achieve that common object for what we are all working for yeah, yeah. no absolutely absolutely so then, great i i will give you a very nice example. a spiritual example jagdish if you give me so Please. see all of us know mahabharat chakravyu okay and abhimanyu got stuck in chakravyu but what is the beauty of lord krishna uh, lord krishna is i admire him as a great leader divine everything the beauty is he never got stuck into any he was always on top of the situation so when you are on top of the situation then you get a holistic view of what's happening and that way then you will be we will be in a position to resolve any conflict which comes and then we will be able to get that better alignment so that is what i would like to follow and uh, i would request if anyone wants to follow the simple principle it's beautiful no oh, absolutely absolutely in fact you know sometimes i what the methodology that i have used especially you know when you're like two different departments in conflict i would say hey you know what like in let's let's try to go one level higher okay yeah. so my boss your boss if my boss your boss are same then no point fighting because <laughs> you know oh, yeah. we have to our boss's objective that's a good uh, that's a nice about uh, how long we would like to go to the later so no no, no what i'm what i'm saying is that we don't go to him we start thinking from his objective's point of view yeah so we yeah. keep taking our we keep taking the objectives a level higher and a level higher and then we will find that there is a point where you know i mean that difference disappears and i think when we look at our conflicts in the context of that higher level objective okay. Okay. we are able to say that okay you know what i need to let go of this and you need to let go of right i thought earlier see you you use a very powerful word let go that's more important when we try to catch on to that then there is no way we can let go many correct i think yeah that's right that's right okay so here is another question from renal hey thanks menal good to see you here if cios if cio gets into business side as a leader what will be your act so leadership is a leadership it doesn't matter whether you work for business or it that's more that's the fundamental uh, point i want to clarify to everyone because this debate of whether the cio should be in business or the but cio is a is part of the business that's point number 2 okay irrespective of what organization we all work wherever we work it is a function in the company in a corporate world so we are part of the business but the only thing we use technology to drive business that's what you call whatever you want to call enabler what they said so point number 1 we are all leaders and point number 2 we are part of the business we are inclusive to the business so we have the equal stake in driving that business for the for the way the business wants us to drive so now as a leader i use technology somebody use process somebody use something but ultimately how do i collaborate with various leaders in an organization and their teams to co-create that value so that's what i come back to the example of orchestra orchestra how we all play the different instruments 
and musical instrument and somebody is singing and how do we tune to create that soulful rendering performance and so that it creates an enriching value for the customer. So, Mrinal, my response to this will be, you know, if you go on to the business side as a leader, first thing you start probably getting more money. <laughs> One and second is, Mrinal, uh, the other question uh, is important to understand the industry and the business also it's important. So, uh, that also helps SCIO because uh, when you when you know the business processes, when we know the business models and the ever-changing dynamic business models because of the because of the COVID, and th third is the industry because it, today the industry is very competitive, right? very dynamic. You don't know who are the new competitors. Then how how are we going to face those competitions in the 21st century? And then when we put that thinking hats as leaders, then understand that business acumen, the business judgment, and the business innovation, then we create a forward-thinking strategy to create that transformation and create that uh, execution. Yeah. And I think I think if you if a CIO becomes a business leader, in my view, there's a natural advantage because you know the power of technology as to how it can help you, you know, make the function lean and mean, whichever function you're going to. But of course, I mean, there are some new things to learn. And, and what Sumu said very importantly, the game of collaboration never changes. You will always require the help of other leaders to, to learn to transform that function so uh, yeah now let's let's go to i think yeah, uh, uh, before you move cio is part of the business the moment we yes. create barrier within ourselves and believe me everybody organization will create barriers the moment i don't create barriers and i feel that i am a business leader and managing an it function and then the chapter is closed that's it absolutely 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 no doubts about it you know we have to get out of this you know this differentiation between it and business. Yeah, yeah. Both are, both are business. now coming back to uh you know the next question from uh, bodaji which is thank you mr boda for being here Subhu, what digital initiatives are taken by Otis to improve safety and customer experience? And he had, I think, a similar question coming from LinkedIn. Can you share some insights into how you're transforming safety of lips through? Over to you. Yeah, so, uh, so there is a lot of investment going on for the last uh, couple of years as a part of uh, digital transformation in terms of these elevators. The one is uh, that we put up some IoT solution, which is called Otis One, which is uh, used for remote monitoring, report, troubleshooting and everything. And there is a nice uh, video available in Otis.com, which talks about Otis One using IoT technology. That's point number one. And that is related to the service. And second, in terms of the product. So uh, over the years, we have uh, improvised uh, various technological innovation and uh, into the product manufacturing so that today we have this uh, latest gen, gen elevator which is machine room plus and very state-of-art elevator which is uh, technologically advan advantage so that's on the point number two and uh, point number three in terms of the overall way we come we perform service it has been transformed over the years now as Otis is an independent company for the last one and a half years so there is a lot of stress a lot of importance going on in terms of service so we launched various service initiatives for various customers for various levels that's point number three and the last but not least if you go to visit otis.com so we have various tools like otis create and everything which facilitates uh, the builders architects to create the planning the layouts and other stuff so there are uh, many digital initiatives happening at Otis space so maybe it's good if you connect with me one to one so i can share more more on it. thank you subhu so here is a question from vijay i'm a in b2b sales with a system integrator and i have a question when an it vendor approaches you for a meeting what will make you agree to the meet what subject will make you agree tricky question wow that's a if nice you answer, if, if you answer this question hmm. then with us using the same answer vijay is going to connect with you and you cannot refuse him a meeting 
okay. Let me let let me put it like this. Uh, let me put an honest feedback. Okay. Yes. Uh, I uh, because as IT leaders, I do get a lot of requests for meeting. Okay. That's so. First is I would request people who want to seek out meeting for me. It's it, it's important to see. I I'm ready to have a meeting with the vendors. That's it because it's a learning experience. Okay. Because you don't know what what vendor was the unique probability or unique proposition. You don't know. Okay. So it's first is yes. Any email comes. Yes, I will uh, make sure that if I have a time, then I will make sure I am available for the 15 minutes intro call. Okay. Now, whatever I expect from the intro call, that's that's more important. How the vendors come prepared for that intro call is not only just talking about the overview of organization, but also talking about what is the solution they want to present to me. So that's where I talked about executive presence. No, it's all about how you. What is it you want to present? Okay, and then what is the value it will bring to me? So because today. Otis, if you to know about Otis Elevator, I don't need to do a section. It is there, and the, if you go to my website, suppose if you are reaching out to me, you know that I work for Otis. So then, it's important to go to my website. Same thing applies for any IT leaders, any vendors. They can go and do some due diligence to know what this company is all about, what is that they are doing, and then when you reach out, then it can create. You don't know. It can create some possibilities, or it can it can create some opportunity. So it's all the way. we want to play the game that decides the path ahead yeah no absolutely and uh, supu i think you know i'll come again back to like one of your themes that i have understood so far that supu is all about connection you know you have to find a connection to supu you know you have to understand what yeah, is or what are his pressures what are his challenges and i think it's not limited to supu but anyone if you are able to do your research your you know checking around and you and preparation that is what supu has been talking about to really pre- prepare yeah. well and and then you know that connection gets establish that yes this guy knows about me he has put an efforts to figure out what kind of challenges i might have etc etc then i think that is what will leave a good impression so subo interest of time i'll go on to my last question which is again on the similar theme which is you know partners you come across as a inclusive leader okay and uh, i know when i talk to you that you know you also manage partners very very inclusively so tell us some mechanisms that you use to create high performing team including uh, the partners and how do you melt the boundaries between different organizations different organizations as you're working on a common project yeah so uh, so let let us uh, put it into two parts uh, one is the uh, one is the partner okay so once we decide a particular vendor to be a partner okay and that then they become part of the team it's that's it so they they are no more they are no more called vendors whatever name you want to give vendor supplier whatever name it's that jargon is out okay i hate that i hate those words when they become part of the team that's point number 1 okay because when you talk about the word team no it's very powerful it's inclusiveness so there are many things which we talk about so number 1 is once we decide and that the when the partner becomes your team member so when we talk about team member then we talk about holistic view holistic understanding of the project okay whatever project we are doing holistic understanding they are part of the project they understand what is that we need to do they know what is the, what is that what needs to be delivered what is the timeline we are looking at what challenges we are facing so then they are part of that entire game okay it's a, it's a complete arena they need to play okay it's not uh, so that is point number 2 and the point number 3 skills because this is most important skills and competencies so sometimes the partner community comes with technological skills okay but the lack the the gap is the understanding of the business the understanding of the domain 
okay the project domain that understanding of the the requirement okay so that is that is where then we also try to help and see to connect with the businesses people and the right people from the business or the functions the various functions where we want to deploy this project so they also get an opportunity to understand the processes understand the business understand the coping so that way then it becomes a collaborative effort okay so that is point number three and the last which is important is the technical skills competencies what is required and that's where they they everybody has to invest their time and energy to know okay i have a technical and competency but is it do i need to increase it and do i need to scale up and that's where then based on the requirement then the people have to invest time and energy to learn that skill so that you deliver the best see finally it's important to understand that when we select a partner and that team member becomes part of my team so he has to be an expert in that area that's simple in today's world i'm talking about the last two three years it's totally changed it's all about expertise it's all about pace it's all about quality it's all about agility and finally the discipline of execution because ultimately i have a very beautiful plan but if i'm not able to execute that plan and create that time-bound action then the plan is useless so it's important to put that discipline so this is on the team now coming back to my team so i follow the same principle so when we talk about the team so they also get exposed to the emerging technologies so we have various initiatives running in, within the company where we get opportunity for people and across the people to create where we create a forum for them to understand the technology and wherever required we bring in our valued partners so that they can also talk about the emerging technology so this is a collaborative effort at the learning experience see it's not only we are doing a project in a project you also learn some when i'm doing a project you learn processes you learn about the uh, function and you learn about the technology and last but not least celebration and recognition so this is very important when we talk about team there is no differentiation okay it doesn't matter whether it's from vendor whether it's from partner whatever is it once he is in that team he's in that arena or is it in is playing in the football uh, chelsea manchester united league with me then he is part of my team and when he is part of the team he will be recognized and we also have a process where we recognize people and second uh, the cross functional team so th this is what i would like to say is uh, like in otis india we have this employee connect section so where we recognize uh, the team of the award and everything so that's where then what we do when we have a project that project will have functional which includes it the various functions and so everybody who is part of the project key people and they will be recognized as a team of the award so these are the things which we recognize to create the teaming to create that partnership to create that relation see most important is the relation finally it boils down to the relationship how effectively we build that relationship see one of the fundamental principle of leader is building effective relations see when you put the word leadership the first core word is called lead that means when i decide i want to be a leader means i need to lead then the next word is called the er that is called effective relationship so if you talk about leader it is there leading with effective relation so that is the word beautiful word called leader so subu uh, there was one about you know so here is something i captured you know i happened to talk to one of i happened to talk to one of subu's partners and here is what he had to say 
Okay. Yeah. He said Subu never works as a CIO as a client and doesn't consider us as a vendor. It's one team. He is never shy of picking up the phone or writing anyone, project manager, developer, tester, etc. He connects to everyone. He's involved and is a team player. He always has a team call. Plus, he has a heart-to-heart call one-on-one. You can share your challenges with him without fear. He will provide solutions and not pity. But he is a sheep in a fox's skin. Hard taskmaster, negotiator, but soft at heart and he will never hurt. So that's what defines Subhu from a partner's point of view. So Subhu, does it come like a compliment? Yeah, of course. I value uh, every one of my team because they are also part of my journey. So uh, the team from my partners and everyone, everyone, they also work very hard, including my teams. They really worked hard for the last two years. It was a very challenging time. So the people were working quite hard, relentlessly, weekend, long hours. And that too, if somebody is supporting from India, then you know the time zone difference. So it's, it's they are my team. Okay. So that's what uh, I love my team wherever they are. So that's, that's yeah. what makes it difference for me and uh, so our relationship is not just uh, to the projects uh, what we do projects are there today and tomorrow the project will be different but the people remains the same and I'm always connected with my people that's more important so Subhu last question you know it is like in a way a comment on you and me also like getting a little old right this is hey Subhu how do we make old generation senior management realize the value of technology wow <laughs> <laughs> That that's a very I think Shiva I think it, yeah that's a good question. Shiva yes. Okay good. So so first of all let me put it like this. My father is eighty seven years old. Okay he's in Chennai. Okay and uh, he's alone. So he he is technology Greek better than me. Okay I'll put it like this. Okay uh, he knows how to use uh, the Apple products like FaceTime and everything. Okay and he knows technology in detail. So. Again, when we talk about in an, any organi- traditional organizations where we have a lot of senior people, but today, it, today it's highly visible. It's all about technology. Okay, what's more important is the fear. So that's the. It's it's not about they don't want to support technology or they are not aware of the technology. They have only three things. Number one is the fear, and the second is what I call uh, the comfort zone. Okay, because uh, I am I'm running something. Everybody comes to me. Okay, now I have the power. Okay, in a typical organization because if I want some information like example if I want to know my salary then I need to go to that guy today uh, technology is I don't need to go, any, go to anyone it comes to my email okay or the portal so point number two is the comfort zone and point number three is they are like fence sticker okay the barrier okay so who will come and make me involved it's not like they would they would like to be part so these three things as leaders we are we want the responsibility to break that barrier how do we remove that fear so what is causing that fear why is adverse to the technology why is not supporting you on the erp system so what you need to do you make him the champion no why you want to be the champion to drive everything put him the champion tell him that boss this is your photo and this is this is what is the champion you are go, you are the process owner you are the data metric owner for this particular process you drive it and you create success i will put your name onto the board and i will tell my md that you are the one who created success and you ask him to come and present in the meeting that what did he do rather than you presenting it every time so then believe me you will create the first thing this is number one because this is what I learned in my first company in Danfoss is how do you give credit to the people who do the job? Okay, that's number one. And point number two, when you talk about comfort zone, and when you address the point number one, 
automatically you are moving your, him away from the comfort zone so even see he knows the process he has been working for 30 40 years in that process so he who is the best guy who know the data and the process he is the guy so put him the owner no and put him the champion so you move him away from comfort zone and you train him that's more important you we need to train those people we need to train in the way they can understand okay and and second create some reference card create some winning situation and second, take him to an organization where there is change happen. So that way then he sees change. And second, he knows the change is happening because his sons and daughters and uh, grandson, granddaughter, they are using technology and that person will be using technology at home. But what's more important is how do you remove that fear and comfort zone? When you do this two things, believe me, he's part of your game. And you need so, uh, absolutely, that, person, absolutely. that person is important for your team. When it is important, then we need to find out ways to make him important. So I think, Subhu, just to add to, I think, really great points. It's all about, you know, like removing their fear and uh, just want to add to it. And this is something I covered in my... So last week, my clarity chat was all about engaging leaders. And one of the things which I shared there was that, you know, these leaders, you cannot make them understand anything in a committee kind of or a, or a large group because in a large group, nobody is ready to say, I don't know. Right. So you have to connect with them one on one. You have to create like that, you know, that fearless atmosphere where they can tell everything. I don't know this. I don't know this. How does this work? How does that work? Right. So you can answer all their questions. And I think that's the first and biggest point to like bring them out of that, you know, that fear zone where they can say that, okay, you know, so I think spending that one on one time is important as well. Now, so, so uh, maybe, you know, we have just one question pending here again from Vijay. It is about, you know, do you have any tools like DC? So it's basically like, you know, how do you prioritize your initiative? A quick, quick one, quick response, because I have one more question before we go. Yeah, in terms of the priority, uh, so uh, see, every every company has their own methodology and the process to prioritize projects and same as leaders. So we have been uh, trained and we are, we are quite aware of what priorities. The number one simple thing, forget about the tool or anything, the priority as if the priority is aligned with the common objective and common goal of the company and that becomes the topmost priority for the company. That's it. Okay, no, that's great. That's great. So yeah, it has to all flow from this study. So uh, my last question, uh, Subhu, what has been the most memorable memorable uh, moment for you you know especially you know as you drove transformation at the shop floor what has been the most memorable memorable moment wow there are many memorable moments in life but what's more important is in today's uh, current situation that we are all there we are we are alive we are alive we are healthy and then uh, we, are, we are we are talking to each other we are digitally connected despite the barriers of uh, people connect but still we are digitally connect and and I, gratitude is one of the living experience for me and that's what i feel that this is one of the more, most memorable experience if you ask me today that because of the pandemic we are all fine and we are uh, nice and still we are able to connect with each other that's one but on okay, so let, me be, let, me, let me be a let me be a little more direct talk about your danfoss fair yeah oh okay so <laughs> one of the earliest yeah that's good so one of the earlier memorable experience i want to share is uh, uh, in Danfoss, so because of my good relationship with the union, because all of us know the union in what uh, you uh, Gaziabad is very very violent. But the reason is when I because of my good relation, when I left that company after ten years, okay, I had an exclusive farewell by the union in their canteen. So that is exclusive, that is not exclusive farewell. 
yeah that i cannot forget and second another important aspect is once we created the uh, what you call once we broke on the ice and they became the supportive part of my team and partner you know uh, you know golden days the it department was separate uh, it's a glass door you need to remove your slippers and come in uh, or the footwear and you need it's like a temple okay nobody comes but everybody can see from outside okay so i used to get from the uh, because the garden is maintained by uh, all the union the mali and he used to get me a bouquet of flower every day in the morning to my cabin every day because that one see that's what i want to stress is when you have good relation good memory then you create good memories okay that's more important see what do you what we see makes the difference if i see good then automatically good comes to me if i see great great comes to me. that's simple so that is what we need to look at it see every person has certain strengths and certain limitations but what we need to do as leaders is how do we maximize the strength of the team how do we maximize the strength of the people so that we overcome the limitations to create that winning situation that's more important for me uh, when compared to say, spending time in focusing on uh, no absolutely and i think i think uh, i remember something that you told me uh, is that you know they are all human beings they are always observing you and i think they are not observing your actions they are observing your intentions yeah. and they find the intentions are good you have a way to connect on that note on, on that note i think we are a little bit over time but i think it's been a very engaging session subhu as always very passionate very communicative you know 1 2 3 4 1 2 3 4 uh, you know uh, just sharing those rich experiences thank you so much subhu for coming on clarity chat and thank you everyone for being such an engaged audience and uh, asking so many questions and look forward to our uh, next edition and for the evening bye bye and have a good weekend wow what an insightful and spirited discussion with subhu i loved it and i hope you loved it too if yes do subscribe to the clarity chat podcast available on all major podcasting platforms in our next podcast i will host prabir jha he was the president and global chief people officer at sipla and chro at reliance tata motors and dr reddy's before that all of this before starting his advisory firm a few years back watch out for our next clarity chat podcast with prabir jha